Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Clara May. Clara, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, as always, Henry. No problem. So, um, today I thought we'd focus on New York Comic Con. You attended New York Comic Con, yes? Yes, I did. I did. All right, so we can we can get into that. Um, but first, uh, I just wanted to touch upon a couple things relating to our previous episode where we talked about Ed Screen and Joss Whedon. And this is just kind of tooting our own horns a little <laughs> bit, but I have to say we were... We predicted the future, basically. Yeah. We're awesome. <laughs> because we essentially guaranteed, the both of us, we guaranteed that the, uh, the Hellboy Asian character would be recast by uh, an Asian actor. Yeah, they, right? had to. they had to. Yeah, and that did happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, to us, it was kind of a slam dunk. But, you know, it did happen. Daniel Day Kim yeah. was cast. We're pretty stoked about that. Um, so that's number one. We were we were 100 correct there. <laughs> More importantly, though, we we talked about Joss Whedon, and we talked a lot about Joss Whedon yeah. and and you know his uh, his cheating on his wife and all the stuff that we've heard about. Um, but we also talked about how Hollywood is just kind of a garbage place yeah, and yeah, just terrible. Yeah. yeah, terrible <laughs> stuff happens. And, you know, Whedon did some terrible stuff, but he's not the only one. And Yeah, um, we said that, but we didn't have, like, really concrete, you know, examples. We yeah. were like, we know Hollywood is trash. We know there's a lot of men um, abusing their power in Hollywood. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we didn't have a lot of of proof Mm -hmm. or you know concrete evidence but we did have some we talked about michael fassbender we talked about like woody allen Mm -hmm. roman polanski Mm -hmm. brian singer Mm -hmm. you know um we we had we cited some examples um but you know this is well before the whole weinstein Mm -hmm. scandal broke right yeah and again you know we, I don't know, we sort of we, foresaw yeah, it or we something. We knew. I mean, like, we, <laughs> we yeah, knew. and like, yeah, it's, oh my God, it's been an unending trash fire. Um, and it's yeah. really sad, you know, to like read all these accounts, to hear all these women in all fields, not even just like film, but like film writing, behind the camera, all these different industri- industries coming out. Um, it's yeah. sad, but I am, I am glad the conversations are happening, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, there is some good yeah. coming out of it, yeah. right? Yeah. There's awareness, there's conversations yeah. happening. Yeah. And, you know, there there are the studios are making moves. They they have yes. fired Weinstein and yeah, I think a lot yeah. of like uh, Amazon dropped two of his projects. Oh, um, right. Yeah. yeah. Like Kevin Smith, he he had no idea. He was kind of like the protege of Weinstein and he found it out and he was, you know, he was deeply, you know, regretful. He didn't know, and now he's gonna. He said he's gonna donate all the residuals from his films yeah, to like women, that. women in film, um, yeah. you know, organizations. So, you know, I think, I think it's a good way for men in Hollywood to wake up and finally step up and speak for their, you know, for their colleagues. Absolutely, yeah, and um, you know, we we t- we talked pre-recording earlier about how I mean, this has been 
in the news like crazy and yeah, yeah. everyone's talked about it everyone's you know know knows about it so we probably don't want to go too much deeper into it but it does make me think about our conversation of of you know the artist versus the art yeah. you know um we we talk quite a bit about that uh, with the joss whedon conversation and it, this comes into play too like you know weinstein is not a director he's not an actor um, but he is... He's produced a lot of he, he's a beloved producer. films. Yeah, yeah he, he is a prolific producer of a lot of, I mean, He did Shakespeare in Love, which I love, you know, so like that. Yeah, dude, I mean, well, yeah. in for different ways. Like, yeah. um, like to me, uh, I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Tarantino's entire career was... Yeah. Uh, Weinstein was basically responsible for mm-hmm. all of that stuff, you know, way back to Reservoir Dogs, up to his latest mm-hmm. work. Um, it really kind of, you know, as as fans of these movies, it makes you take pause and just yeah. sort of, you know, th- think things over. Like, okay, does it, does this really kind of taint all all this great work, or like how do, how do you kind of process that? Like, yeah. what what are your thoughts about that? About like do you look at, kind of like what we talked about with Joss Whedon, does this put uh, those Miramax films in a different light now? Can you really separate Weinstein from your love for these movies, or is there some sort of gray area in between? Oh, gosh, that's that's so hard to gauge, and I think it's, you know, it's everyone's own experiences with it, um, and it's their own decision. Uh I mean, I will definitely, like I said, I love Shakespeare in Love, but um, Mm -hmm. whenever I watch it now, I will think about this, you know? So I I think it, I mean, I think you can still enjoy uh, the art that you like for, you know, any specific reason, but, you know, just be critical and be aware and acknowledge that I love this, but, you know, this happens. So in the future, maybe I won't support any more, you know, like Miramax films, you know? So it's just, and I was like... I wish I could quote which newspaper I read this in, but I, I don't remember. But somebody was talking about how, um, imagine the alternate reality we could have had where men like Weinstein weren't controlling this whole industry and making women feel uncomfortable. Like, imagine mm-hmm. all the films, like specifically diverse films, that yeah. we don't have because basically all of these um, older white men are, um, they have like this really firm grip on the industry and they're mm-hmm. making... Um, you know, women and other marginalized identities feel uncomfortable, you know? So it's just like, as much as we love like the art that we have, like imagine what we could have had if it was a healthier industry, you know? That like blows my mind when I think about it because I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) All the things that, you know, could have happened. Yeah, what could have been is kind of a a big idea, you know? Great things could have happened. And then, yeah, and going back to just this ownership sort of thing, like, I mean, we talked about this before, I think, as well. But, you know, I think we can we can continue to love the movies that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a, a big takeaway for me is maybe you... It's not the best thing to put the creators of these works on a pedestal. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mentioned uh, Tarantino. Like, I, I can... 
I can sort of put the blinders on and say, oh, Tarantino's more responsible for the greatness of his films than Weinstein was. And that is, you know, probably a true statement. But I think that the healthier perspective is, you know, don't put Weinstein on a pedestal. Don't even put Tarantino on a pedestal. They're just guys and they're talented and and they and they've produced they've helped produce these great works um but you know we don't know these people personally yeah. and what's going i mean we're starting to get to know yeah. personally <laughs> and it's shocking what we found out but um yeah, and i think you can question the system that they're complicit in even if you know like maybe Tarantino yeah. doesn't mean to i mean like a lot of his career was built unknowingly on the backs of all these yeah. other people who suffered you know so i yeah, it's always, you know, good to be aware. Yeah, <laughs> of the awareness. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a big thing. And then, especially with with film, like, you know, even, even works by Tarantino, who is really, like, uh, you know, heavily involved in almost all aspects of production. He writes, he produces, he directs, sometimes he acts. Even for him, you know, look at the credits. There's an army of people working on these movies. So it's not just one person. And I don't know. It, to me, it's just like we got to look at these things as everyone who's, who's working on, on these pieces of media, they're just, they're just humans like the rest of, it, rest of us. And I'm sure there are a lot of good people working on these. And no doubt, there's certainly not a lot of shitty people <laughs> working on this stuff too, uh, and that's that's the world we live in, right? That's you know, yeah. you know. But look hopefully, at, with all these combos, it will get better. <laughs> Maybe less well, there you shitty go. people. You know? Well, there you go. Again, the the silver lining yeah. is yeah. Okay, we've mm-hmm. unearthed all this yeah. terrible news, but yeah, in the end, maybe it's it's uh, we're, we're, we'll be better off for yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's move on to New York Comic Con. Yes. All right, so tell us a little bit about uh, your experience there. Oh, well, um, I so I was always comparing this to uh, San Diego Comic Con because I think yeah. that is the only other uh, one in the U.S. Oh, I don't want to say that. I, I don't well, know. How, but the, Well, not the only one in the U.S., but of that size. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure, like, what the level is of the other Comic Cons, but I think New York comes in, like, second. I, I've seen Diego. some stats, and I yeah. think, literally, yeah, those are, it's, like, one and two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The two so, biggest. Yeah, so it was, it was massive. Um, I would say their convention center is gorgeous, um, but there's not a lot of bathrooms. Okay. As a woman, I have to bring this up because <laughs> it was torture. Um, yeah. But, like, I, I enjoyed the panels. Um, I think... If you want to go to a convention where you actually feel like you can get into a panel without waiting literally overnight, uh, New York is the one for you. Okay. Um, so I was able to get into like the Pacific Rim panel without mm-hmm. having to wait, you know, like at 5 p.m. the day before. You know, there I just showed up like an hour before, Okay. Um, which was great. Um, and then I think their show floor is really nice. Um, they definitely do not get the same level of celebrities that San Diego mm-hmm. Comic Con does, but right. you know they get a decent amount, and they uh, they had some good announcements there. I think uh, a lot of smaller shows for like digital streaming platforms. Okay. It seems to be really popular, um, and a lot of things that seem you know pretty diverse. So it was kind of fun to see all that. Were know, there that any particular announcements that were? kind of interesting to you um yeah there was well, there's there's a bunch of little ones um mm-hmm. 
So there was they had the trailers for um, what was it the the Runaways? Okay. Um, or they had like a teaser for the Runaways. They had um, a trailer for Fox's New Mutants. Um, mm-hmm. They had stuff for The Gifted, uh, and those are all shows that kind of focus on uh, teen superheroes, uh, and they're all kind of like diverse teams. So it's kind of you know it's kind of cute. Kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Now with okay, just running through that. Real briefly, mm-hmm. The Gifted is a new yes. Fox TV show yes. that's a few episodes in already. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet because I, I realized when I was at New York Comic Con that we've gotten to the point where there's so many superhero stuff that I'm actually not keeping up, <laughs> uh, which yeah. is great. But I'm also like, oh, my God, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, but, the, um, maybe there's a little too much right now. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, so, like, you can definitely argue with that with, like, Inhumans. Oh, my God, if you want to talk about that. <laughs> but um, The Gifted has gotten pretty good reviews. Okay. Um, they, they said it's, like, a, it's like in the 80s, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, okay. They said it's, like, a pretty interesting story. Uh, so you have, like, it's, like, two stories running alongside each other. There's um, the team of the... Um, Strucker family, mm-hmm. basically, you know that um, the guy that you always saw in the X Men movies who created uh, Wolverine. Uh, so this right. time they focus on the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that plot, and then there's another plot where it's mutants that you've actually seen in um, what is that movie? The X. I'm trying to go through the X Men film. X Men. Yeah. Um, oh, Days of Future Past, or yes, yeah, the yeah. One, Is that the one where like they're all fighting robots in the future? In the future, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's so many X-Men movies. <laughs> yeah, so that one, they have the characters, like some of the characters from that. So you see Blink, uh, Jamie Chung. Oh, right, yep. Yeah, and you see, uh, let's see, who's the other one we saw? Eclipse, I think, was okay. in uh, the movie. Yeah, so they um, they have all these people who are pretty diverse, have pretty interesting powers, powers we've never really got to see a lot in the movies, and they're... And they're um, rescuing and protecting mutants in the show. And that kind of collides with the Strucker family. So people said it was a good show. And I'm excited that it exists because Mm -hmm. you actually get to see, like, um, there's Thunderbird, who's a Native American uh, mutant. And we've just, I don't think we've ever seen the Native American mutants, any of them, you know, in the TV or in the movies. Right. and we finally get to see Blink do more than just, like, exist in the background of a movie, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, so it's exciting. Cool. And then with um, sticking with the mutants, New Mutants, yes. that is also a Fox property, but this is a movie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, did you see the uh, the trailer Yeah, for I did. That one? It's uh, emphatically a horror movie. Okay. Um, yeah, it's very weird. They're like, um, they're a bunch of kids. They're in an asylum type thing, and their powers are all awakening um, and they're kind of trapped, it looks like, in this mm-hmm. asylum. I'm not really clear on the plot because it okay. was just, you know, it was like a typical horror movie trailer yeah. where it's all just scares. Um, but at first I wasn't sure if it was, if they meant to do that or if they meant to do just kind of a, a weird teaser thing that was misleading. But apparently yeah. the director said, yes, it's definitely going to be the first X-Men horror movie. Interesting. Um, because they said that, um, so Deadpool and Logan were very thematically different, you know? Deadpool was like complete satire, yeah. the first like rated R X-Men thing. And then Logan was the other rated R, and that was more kind of like a sad <laughs> soliloquy of, yeah. you know, like getting older. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and they both did really well. So at yeah. that point, Fox was like, go for it. Like, just do something weird. Right, so right. this is going to be the horror movie one, and it looks cool. Cool. Yeah, you know, it, we, we mentioned how, oh, maybe there's just too much superhero <laughs> stuff out there. Well, if there is going to be all the super mm-hmm. superhero stuff, then let it be like this. Let it be yes. different genres, you know? Yes, different genres. Uh, finally, more diversity. We've only <laughs> waited, like, for 10 years yeah. of superhero stuff to finally get, like... Like, New Mutants also has a Native American woman. It has mm. Danny Moonstar okay. in it, you know? So, like, we're finally getting to the point where it feels like they're like, oh, hey, look, we have all these other characters who yeah. happen to be people of color maybe we should include them right you know right. so and they're they're these fox movies are they're all rated r too so that's yeah. that's a huge difference as well like mm-hmm. no a superhero movie doesn't have to be pg yeah, all the time all you know like marvel feeling it movies, doesn't have to know? be family friendly every yeah. single time yeah. right so yeah. that's kind of cool to see yeah. um you mentioned runaways as well yes. so that's a new tv show it's on hulu hulu yeah. the first Which is, marvel show on hulu right i think it is yeah I think so. um yeah hulu is pretty impressive actually um they're what was that show? The really po- uh, the Handmaiden. Yeah, that had yeah, really yeah. high production value. Yeah. I'm kind of sh- everyone always talks about Netflix as a giant hoard of money, but I think Hulu has a hoard of money somewhere too. All right, someone's <laughs> you know, so paying like, the bills. Yeah. So actually, they just released the um, the Runaways official trailer today. They had oh. kind of a teaser at New York Comic Con. They okay. just released the full one today. Oh, um, cool. And so the story of the Runaways is basically there's these kids who all find out that their parents are all in a cult called uh, the Pride, you know. Um, so they are like, oh, my God. So, like, it's a super villain cult. So all these kids um, realize they have to get away from their parents and fight their parents. Um, and you see that playing out in the trailer. Um, and it's very cool because the main kid who gets them together, Alex, uh, he's played by Renzi Feliz. I'm sorry okay. if I'm saying his name wrong, but he's he's black. Okay. And then the other girl who typically leads the group is Nico, played by Lyrica Okano, and she's an Asian woman. Oh, cool. Um, or an Asian girl. Um, so, you know, you have these two people of color leading this ragtag group, you know, and it's also diverse. And I'm like, this is really cute. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I was like excited to see Nico front and center, and it looks like she's the leader of these kids. You know, and there's like, there are white characters, but they're not the focal point. Yeah. You know, and it's just yeah, really yeah. cool to see. That is cool. So, you know, if you're a, a fan of superhero stories, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, stuck with all the white males of the mainstream, <laughs> yeah. you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies mm-hmm. or the DC Universe yeah. movies. Um, there are more and more options. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's nice to see. Yeah, I think I'm impressed, especially with uh, TV and streaming in yeah. general, because yeah. I do feel like the movies still definitely skew overwhelmingly white and male. Yeah. And, like, TV is kind of becoming the realm of, like, women yeah. and people of color, and it's really nice to see that. Yeah, definitely. Now, I didn't know that this show was on Hulu, The Runaways. Mm-hmm. Um that's interesting. I, I mm-hmm. that makes me wonder, like, mm-hmm. what universe it's in. Does it exist in the universe oh. of the MCU or Ooh, or the Fox Mutants? Like, I think the MCU has more or less confirmed that they refuse to cross over. To, <laughs> you know, because I remember that, like, oh my God, what's her name? Uh, Chloe. 
Um, oh, Chloe Bennett? Yes, from Agents uh-huh. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh yeah. She talked for years about wanting to cross over into the MCU, and she's like, I'd yeah. be so helpful. I'm quick, you know? <laughs> like, and she was so excited. And yeah. she, I, the way she would talk, it's like she, somebody told her at one point they would cross over. And yeah. then it never happened. And then right. you see that, like, the Netflix stuff, Daredevil and all of them, it's unlikely mm-hmm. to cross over. They've never announced anything. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's it. They're just not going <laughs> to cross over with the movies. Like, yeah. I would love to see it, but I just... Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that, you know, there's no question that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, and all the Marvel Netflix shows Mm -hmm. do exist in In the the universe of the MCU. Um, But, yeah, they've been kind of resistant to giving us any kind of crossover other than, Mm -hmm. you know, like a few throwaway references. (laughs) And, you know, I think Samuel L. Jackson was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Nick yes, Fury for did. a brief uh-huh. moment. And they've had some some minor crossovers. But, yeah, I don't think we're going to get the full yeah, I thing. Yeah, I feel like the movie people can cross over into the TV <laughs> show. But the movies are like, absolutely not. You can't come yeah. over to this side of the fence. You know? So well, I'm not, And I think people say that that's because um, of the studio heads, butting mm-hmm. heads. Um, oh, okay. You know, but I that's like a lot of conjecture. And I don't, I don't know exactly. Yeah, I wonder, like, there's a lot of speculation about the upcoming Avengers movies, Mm -hmm. and there's Mm -hmm. been some rumors about the Russo brothers having, like, this huge wall of Mm -hmm. character names Mm -hmm. that they're considering, and it seems like there is potential, like, maybe for some of the the TV characters to show up in these movies, but... I don't know. It seems like don't don't, don't I would love if bank they said, on it. Like no, the whole time, and then they just appear in the movie, and no one expected it. I would yeah. love that, but like I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think that's gonna happen either. <laughs> At least, um, like I mean, I the, those the, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe trailers, mm-hmm. uh, they 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 reveal so much. There's no more surprises. Yeah. Like oh when the God. movie comes out, you kind of know everything I these know, days, I try not right? To watch them anymore. Yeah, exactly. It ruins it. <laughs> I know. I was like, should I watch this Black Panther trailer because it's going to show me half the movie? And I was like, yes, I have to. You got to. I mean, come on. (laughs) It's going to show me the whole thing, but I have to. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Anything else um, Um, noteworthy from NYCC? um, Well, (laughs) I'm just going to throw this in. I don't even remember if it came out during NYCC, but I'm going to say it. Um, So there's another another TV show, uh, Titans. Mm-hmm. That's coming out. It's the okay. live action Teen Titans, and ah. I do believe that like they they cast uh, some of the people kind of around New York Comic Con time. I don't think they had a panel, um, okay. but it kind of like made waves because this is the first time we're getting a live action Teen Titans, um, and then they cast Starfire, um, and she is a black woman, uh, Anna Diop. And then I think last week or two weeks ago, they cast uh, Beast Boy, and it's Ryan Potter, okay. um, who's Asian. Um, and Ryan Potter was the kid who, I shouldn't say kid, I think he's my age. Okay. <laughs> I'm kid anyways. Um, he was campaigning to be the Tim, Tim Drake, in mm-hmm. uh, the standalone Batman movie uh-uh. that was supposed to be Ben Affleck, but now I think it's someone else. I don't know. It, the DCU is like this veil you can't pierce. I don't even know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't, you know, obviously get that because we don't know what's going on with that movie, but he did get cast as a DC character. Mm-hmm. And he was very excited about it. Um, and people were like losing it because now we have a team that's, um, you know, 50 50, you know, people of color, you know, and oh. white. Um, 
It was pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I didn't even know mm-hmm. until we talked about it mm-hmm. briefly just now about um, yeah, see, Teen it's Titans. Just, it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot coming it is a out. lot. Yeah. I think the only thing is that like it's supposed to be coming out on DC's own streaming service. They call it. Oh. They, it's not even named yet, but they're oh, like, wow. we're going to create this. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, I refuse to pay for yet another okay. streaming service. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of annoying because it's kind of like the same thing. Uh, what was it? CBS did with Star Trek. Yeah. Where like they, they like diversely cast something mm-hmm. and they're like, but it's behind a paywall. Right. It's and you're nearly... like, um, excuse me, you are literally monetizing <laughs> diversity right now. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Making it nearly yeah. impossible for anyone to watch, oh, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. With, uh, other than shelling yeah, out yeah. some dough. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, like, we'll see. We'll and see. then somebody did point out that like as happy as they were about the castings, um, the two people of color were cast as the two characters who have full on body paint. Uh-huh. Um, so right. yeah, Starfire is orange and Beast Boy <laughs> is green. Right. And like a lot of people were like, this feels too much like what they did in Guardians of the Galaxy. where mm. like three fourths of the team is people of color, but they're literally of color. Like they're painted. <laughs> Gamora's green. Yeah. Drax is like gray, you know? So yeah. it's, there's, there's definitely a trope there. Like mm-hmm. there's something going on and it's like, why do we keep hiding our people yeah, of color, and, literally. Uh, Mantis was under heavy yeah, prosthetic makeup. Yeah, she wasn't even human. Yeah, she yeah. used to be human in the comics, and they changed her to a complete, like, they said she had a larva state. She was like a bug, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like, why do we change all of them? But then Peter Quill gets to look relatively human. And right, normal, right. You know? Again, like the white man as the default. Yeah, right? yeah, where else, yeah, everyone else kind of, like, shifts. You know, I just, oof. <laughs> yeah 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 so like those are all the things that are coming up and i'm excited about it um okay we'll just have to see how a lot of them pan out yeah yeah you know, exciting hopefully none times of them, yeah hopefully none of them go the way of inhumans <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah have you seen that show at all oh my god yes i watched okay. the first two episodes um okay was, i haven't seen it it was a wild trash fire you should because <laughs> yeah. you i remember you liked iron fist and it's the yeah. same creator Oh, it is. Scott Buck. Okay. And a lot of people were like, I didn't think Scott Buck can top how bad Iron Fist was, <laughs> but he did oh, with wow. Inhumans. And he, they're right. They're 100% right. Like, I was watching it with my little sister, and she's like, I don't know what's going on. This is like, the worst <laughs> show I've ever seen. And I was like, yeah, it is. I have heard a lot of negativity. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, now I'm curious just to see, like, what a kind of train wreck it is so yeah which is too bad because it's like an interesting concept um Mm -hmm. and i love medusa the character um in the comics she looks amazing of course her hair is always moving yeah it's like tactile you know but like in a tv show it looks ridiculous like she looks awful in that wig um but it's just too bad because like in the comics she crosses over with the avengers and you see her hanging out with all these other women Right. And it's like, no, I don't want to see you anywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. Please just stay in your corner. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, so uh, speaking of New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. maybe the biggest news surrounding the convention was actually came out like before the convention even started. Mm-hmm. They talked about um, uh, the Punisher. Yeah. So the Punisher was supposed to have a presence at New York Comic Con. They're supposed to have a panel with John Barenthal and everything. Mm-hmm. But they end up ended up canceling that due to the shooting in Vegas, you know? So, um, yeah, was there, was there a sense of like a void there, uh, that when you were there, 
when you yeah. were at Comic Con? Um, yeah, I mean, like that was one of the things I was going to go cover, and then like they announced it officially when I was already there, and I was like, oh well, there there <laughs> goes like I think it was Friday night. I was like, there goes my Friday plans. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so it just yeah. So I went and hung out with friends. So <laughs> it was fine right, for right. me, but like it was interesting that um, Marvel acknowledged that that in the wake of the shooting that that was a sensitive subject yeah um and it was interesting that they kind of they didn't mean to but they basically did draw the line between frank castle and the shooter you know Mm -hmm. by like you know you have a gun heavy character and a real life shooting and they're like we shouldn't you know it it yeah there's a connection there that they were shameful of but then they're still doing the show so i think it's important to kind of look at (laughs) what that means yeah yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely there, it's layered. You know, the, yeah. the the conversation is it's not cut and dry. You know, I completely understand mm-hmm. the decision to to you know remove all of the Punisher presence yeah. from the convention, and it did seem like they pushed the release date a bit as well. I think mm-hmm. it seemed like they were planning it for like to to have been like out by now yeah, you know yeah. um but now it's a, like a mid-november release and yeah so it did seem like they pushed it mm-hmm. yeah because like one of the main things with like comic cons is like the only reason people go to these panels is because they want to see a teaser trailer right or a teaser that's a thing. big part of and it and like i think having to see a trailer where a guy is just like wielding all of these massive assault rifles um would have been too much for people yeah uh, you know uh, just yeah, but it, it's it's interesting. Like, I have to give credit to a, another writer, but like Charles Pulliam Moore mm-hmm. um, at IO9, he does like amazing stuff. And he wrote this piece where he was like, I understand why Marvel pulled the Punisher, but let's be real, there's never going to be a right time yeah. to have a Punisher show. Um, if you look at it yeah. in from that perspective, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which to me is, it's it's a little bit simplistic to look at mm-hmm. to, to compare the the punisher with this this kill this real life killer you know um on the surface level yeah okay it's a guy it's a lone gunman you know using assault rifles to kill people mm-hmm. and if you look at it from that simplistic perspective okay yeah it's it is a little jarring like okay well this is a little bit too soon you know perhaps um but you know like to me, you know, the, the, this this Vegas gunman, he wasn't anything like the Punisher. Mm-hmm. You know, he's killing innocent people. That's not who the Punisher is, you know. It's almost, to me, I mean, this is, now, granted, I am a big Punisher fan, and I'm, I'm really chomping at the bit to check out this show, and I was, I was a little bit afraid that they might push this out, like, mm-hmm. into next year. But, but I, I almost wanted to see it as as a relief from from all this terrible news we got you know i, I want to see the the bad guys get theirs you know that's what the punisher does he doesn't kill innocent people he goes after like the, 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 this gunman if he were he, if he was in the punisher show the punisher would take this guy out and that's what i want to see you know yeah. um that perspective of course is a little bit complicated too you know like any kind of violence is uh it's you know it's not there's gray area right yeah Yeah, i think yeah yeah, i think as a character frank castle is definitely 
Um, he's not a bad guy. He's an anti-hero. But, um, and he definitely does go after bad guys. Um, but I also understand that he exists in this larger conversation around um, how we view guns and who we think has access to them and mm-hmm. who's, you know, and how we should use them. Um, and I can see why people are just uncomfortable in general about the Punisher as a character, even though he's, like, a good guy. And I, like, I love John Bernthal. Like, I loved his yeah. portrayal of him, like, in Daredevil. Um, but, like, I also think about how, you know, there's, like, there's been military and police who put the Punisher on their garb, mm-hmm. you know, before they go out. Um you know, to those like protests for Black Lives Matter, you know, and that sends a very specific message of like, this is not, you know, they're in support of this kind of like militaristic violence. Um, And then there's been at least one lone school shooter who also put it on his shirt before he shot up the school. Mm -hmm. So there's also a conversation to have around, there's this character, and he's showing the ill effects of what happens when you're when you're like him? Because obviously he's experiencing a lot of suffering, yeah. um, even while he's doing these actions. Um, but then there's also the audience takeaway. Like, is, are they seeing yeah. the damaging effects of um, Frank breaking down over this? You know, yeah. <clears throat> like Frank does this because he's in pain because his family's gone. Yeah, um, and he's trying to wrong a right. Um, but what is the audience taking? Are they yeah, only yeah. seeing the cool gunshots and like? You know, it just, are they just um, valorizing him for the wrong reasons? And I think that's always the worry, you know, with shows like this. And I just, I hope the show, like, explores that. Yeah. But, like, if it doesn't, I'm going to be very upset. (laughs) Like, if it ends up kind of, like, you know, making him, you know, like, putting him on a pedestal without having a conversation about it, then that's a problem. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think from my viewpoint Mm -hmm. i'm like i know that the punisher isn't this because you're like a reasonable person (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know that he's not a cold-blooded killer of innocence but what you're saying makes a lot of sense that's not how a lot of people see him yeah we're talking about like comic book pros you know yeah (laughs) Like, like the ones who oh my god it's like the same people who think that like um there's all these people who think like Superman and Batman would have voted for Trump. Like those kind of people yeah. exist, you know? Right. And like I do think like, oh, when we put this show out there into the world, like I agree with you. I see Frank as an anti-hero and he doesn't, he's doing the right thing. And I'm like, you know, well, not the right thing, but you know, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, he's trying to do yes, the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and then I think about all these other people who are just like the terrible fan bros. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, no, what are they yeah, going to take yeah. away from it? <laughs> and actually, you know, with the Punisher character, you, you could even argue that maybe he's not really doing the right thing or even mm-hmm. trying to do what's best mm-hmm. for everyone. He's just kind of driven by this demon and he's he's yeah. just doing whatever he can to sort of, you know, make his own life tolerable, trying to make sense of it all. And doing these things which are, you know, very extreme. Yeah. You know. And they Um, did a good job of showing that in Daredevil. That's why I really liked how he came in and he had this point of view where, like, if there's evil, you just stomp it out completely. Yeah. Uh, Whereas uh, Matt was more like, no, you have to learn to reform it. We shouldn't do it this way. You know, that's too... 
it's too harsh. I mean, I did love that those philosophies were clashing, but you could see, you know, the drawbacks of, of both sides, you know? So yeah. I, I like that in that sense, he came in as a side character. So I'm I'm hoping with his own full show, they're still going to have that commentary because if not, then that's when you start the slippery slope into yeah. like just supporting this gun violence without real meaning, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, uh, so earlier you were telling me about mm-hmm. This Latinx panel you attended, right, at uh, Mm -hmm. Comic-Con? Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, okay, so it was amazing. (laughs) Okay. It was called The Invisible Latinx, um, and it was hosted mainly by, I believe, the um, Latinx Geeks um, on Twitter. They have a really great Twitter. You should follow them if you don't. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so they just talked about... um, Latinx representation, specifically with superheroes. Um, there was a lot of talk about um, America Chavez. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I'm blanking on her name. <laughs> the Captain, you know, America. Um, and she, because the author was there. Okay. So she ta- yeah. So she talked about the importance of that character. Um, and then they also talked about um, why the term Latinx is um, meaningful for them. And it was mm-hmm. really nice to be there in the room as an Asian person. Um, and I really encourage anyone um, who's not even just a person of color, but any anybody, you know, white or person of color, to attend these panels where you don't share the identity with the panelists. Yeah. Because you get to hear how they feel about you know, the way they're being represented. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important for us to all listen to. Um, and then you consider that Latinos or Latinx actually have less representation than even Asians yep. in media. You know, like they are yep. so low. The only group that has a lower representation is like Native Americans, mm-hmm. you know, so they're doing like really poorly. So it was really great to hear them vent and to boost all these projects. Um, and like in particular, they did go over Supergirl. Okay. It was like a, it was like a point of contention. So like Supergirl is kind of held up as like this great uh feminist media it came out alongside jessica jones and everyone was like oh my god it's so amazing we have two female-led shows yeah you know one that's dark one that's more light-hearted um but the panel was talking about how the show really upsets them because there is a character who says in the show that she's brown and she's been discriminated against for being brown um and she looks latina but she's not. The actress mm-hmm. is actually um, a tan Italian woman. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of the people on the panel didn't realize that at first. They thought she was Latina because oh. she presents fully as Latina. And then they found out that the actress was just sporting a really good tan and they felt <laughs> so betrayed. Um, and they were just talking about how hurtful that was, that yeah. um, these companies seem to – Marvel and DC, I've noticed, um, unfortunately, seem to sometimes cash in – on these diversity points, but they don't have the heart behind it, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the equivalent of um, of the X-Men casting Jubilee, you know, just so they can have an Asian person there and she yeah. didn't, like, even say her name or show her powers, yeah. but they advertised her a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of that same issue. Um, so <laughs> it's really painful, you know, to hear them, like, talk about it and, like, they're all upset. And apparently last week, Supergirl had a new episode and um, they doubled down on it. So they had okay. her actually speak Spanish in the episode, and then they introduced her dad, who is supposed to be, you know, like Mexican, so she's half. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And her dad was, so like the character um, is dating Supergirl's sister. So she's, you know, she's a queer woman. And then the dad gets introduced, the brown dad, who's not really (laughs) brown either. And then um, he's the homophobic one. And then okay. the, the white mom is the one who's more accepting. And so, like, there's all, all of a sudden, there's all these problematic things that come falling on top of it. And it's wow. like, they double down. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's really disappointing um, yeah. to be at that panel and to hear what they said. And then to see this happen, like, two weeks later. Um, and, of course, you know, I went on Twitter. They're all really upset. Yeah. Um, and it just sucks. It sucks to... Um, feel like there's this show out there that everyone's touting as this great, you know, feminist representation, you know, for all women. But Mm -hmm. Supergirl (laughs) does not represent women of color. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it's kind of white feminism. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's tough. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, it is frustrating when you hear stuff like this. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if, you know, show creators are they're trapped in the past in a way because you know i think i think back in the day shows and movies could kind of get away with oh, this yeah. sort of they thing would, like brown face they would, yeah you know. I, I keep thinking of um there's a mention of uh that movie short circuit in mm-hmm. in master of none mm-hmm. and like even among the indian community like they didn't even know that there's a like a, a white actor playing an Indian character, right? And, you know, that was pre-internet. And mm-hmm. like I said, I think back in the day, you know, shows and, and movies could get away with it yeah, because, it you know, I think uh, in the case of Supergirl, like, like you couldn't tell right away, right? But yeah. there is now a thing called the internet <laughs> where yeah, you can yeah. look up the background of these actors mm-hmm. and you can... And somebody asked her and she said she was multiracial, but then she named three different flavors of vanilla before mm. mentioning maybe Portuguese, <laughs> you know, which is also white, white European. Right, so right. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, man. And yeah, yeah, I mean, this is this is sadly not an isolated incident. Yeah. It really reminds me of just like past sort of half-assing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think about the Iron Man 3 casting of the Mandarin. I mean... Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I... I, I there was, <laughs> it was a lot so of... so hard to parse. Like, oh, the levels yeah. of that was weird. Right, and it was... You know, I, when I first heard that the Mandarin was going to be the main villain, I got pretty excited. I'm like, oh, yes. You know, first How of all... How are they going to update this? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, first yeah, first off, the Mandarin is like the arch nemesis of mm-hmm. Iron Man in the comics going back a long ways. Um, but also, mm-hmm. he's Chinese, you know? So like, hey, hell yeah. You know, here yeah. we go. I mean, uh, the, the comic representation is problematic, very problematic. Yeah. Um, but, you know... How are they going to update this? You know, I was excited, but what they did was crazy. <laughs> like, I didn't understand it at all. They cast Ben Kingsley, um, who is not Chinese, <laughs> clearly. Um, but it is almost like they're, it was one of these things that, like I was saying earlier, they're, they're trying to trick us. You know, he's yeah. he's half white and half Indian, yeah. the actor Ben Kingsley. So he's technically Asian, but So it's, it's almost not, like, hey, he's yeah. good enough, you know, yeah. we're giving it to you. Um, but not really. Uh, and and then the character in the movie is like he's just an actor pretending to be a supervillain yeah. and completely butchering mm-hmm. the character in the comics entirely. 
and, and the main guy, the main bad guy, ended up being white. So right, yeah, it was like <laughs> this weird subversion, a la Ancient One, yes. where they tried to basically avoid any sort of, um, I don't know, controversy by just casting white. You know, yeah, just, and it really just it made weird. it worse. Yeah, it made it worse. Yeah, just like Supergirl, it made it. I mean, like I almost expected them to have some sort of shame about casting a white person as someone who's blatantly saying. Mm-hmm. that they're not white you know like <laughs> because at least like ancient one in the movie didn't say like i'm asian you know that would have yeah. been the worst but like in supergirl she literally speaks spanish and yeah. so she's brown and she's like experienced discrimination and i was like oh my god yeah <laughs> like it's really uh, yeah i think i mean like i <laughs> i want to say i'm disappointed but and i am but like i'm also like thank god these other streaming shows that we talked about earlier are coming out yeah because now we don't have to rely on things like supergirl right right to feel right. represented um yeah and i think that definitely comes at supergirl's loss you know yeah. because it's um if all these shows are coming out that are actually casting diversely and are not like weird brown facing um it's just going to fall behind the times and people are going to yeah. stop watching it, you know? Yeah. And to your comment about the ancient one not saying, I'm Asian. Yeah. I mean, she didn't say that outright, but in, <laughs> in mean, an like, indirect yeah, way, was, she did. She, she did. She was wearing all the clothes. Yep. She was inexplicably in Tibet. I mean, it was like yeah. the weirdest. She was teaching yeah. like acupuncture and kung fu yeah. and, and whatnot. And I don't know if you actually saw the movie, but there's a scene where like he arrives at the, um, what's the proper word, at the... D- the dojo or whatever, uh-huh, the, right. the temple. Yeah, the temple, And he yeah. comes and he sees this really old Asian man who yeah. he tries to, like, pay his respects to him. Yeah. He's like, oh, because he assumes that's the ancient one. Yeah. And he looks up and he's like, no, I'm not the ancient one. You know, right, he kind of right. moves away. And then you see Tilda Swinton. So it's like yeah, yeah. even the movie knew <laughs> what, the, like, what the expectation was. And it was just like, ha, we're not going to do that. And yeah. I thought it was clever, but actually it ended up being insanely insulting. Yeah, yeah. Like that... I was like, why did you just cast that guy? Like, yeah. That see, it's all these these little maneuverings yeah, yeah. and and trickery that really bugs me. You know, yeah. like actually in Doctor Strange, if if they just went like all in on the whole like Celtic magic yeah. thing with uh, with Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. that would have been a lot cooler. Like have her be Irish and and like completely move away from this Eastern mysticism thing. That that would have been cool, you know. I, I think uh, like the yeah. the performance that Tilda Swinton gave was actually not bad. Yeah, no, you she's know? a great actress. Yeah, it's just oh my god, just don't have her pretend she's Asian. Like <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. She could have acted as an Irish. Just woman, go just with fine. the white thing, you yeah. know. That's fine. Yeah. Don't don't try to trick us. Like no. you, you can't get away with that in the year 2017 no. or for, for a long time now. You know, ever since the internet's been around, like. You, you can't pull the wool over our eyes anymore. Yeah, know? it's like with the Hellboy thing. People realize pretty quickly with an easy Google search that that character was Asian. And they're yeah. like, hey, excuse me. Yeah, this <laughs> you know? this movie's not even in production yet. Yeah. And, and, and people and saw it right away. We yeah, can so, catch it, you know? Oh, yeah, man, Supergirl, come on. <laughs> yeah. I need you to step up and represent women of color. Yeah. <laughs> like, properly. Uh, so speaking of uh, female superheroes, mm-hmm. uh, so you had mentioned to me about some comments that uh, the actress Tessa Thompson had made, right? Yes. Want to talk about that? Oh my God, Tessa Thompson, my queen. Yeah. She is the best on Twitter, by the way. If you don't follow her, oh. you should. She like just okay. slam dunks on everyone. But nice. 
Yeah, so she was talking about... So she plays uh, Valkyrie in the yeah. new Thor Ragnarok. Um, right. And she was talking about how she she told Kevin uh, Faye, Faye, um that she wants to star in an all-female Marvel movie. Um, yeah. And everyone jumped on that because it's like, thank God somebody else said it, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and I think it's interesting that her saying that is Valkyrie... Um, because there is an all-female team uh, that Valkyrie is on um, called the Lady Liberators. Um, there you go. And they showed up um, in Avengers 83 in 1970. Um, and interestingly, they were first written actually as a way to um, mock the feminist movement that was starting at the time. Okay. But people are like, okay, just forget about that problematic reason. <laughs> yeah. You know, just get rid of that, but keep the actual Lady Liberators, you know? Yeah. Um, and it would work because the members, the original members, were Valkyrie, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch, Wasp, and Medusa. And we have all those people except yeah. for Medusa. We just need to, for, <laughs> like, just recast Medusa. Swap her out. Just forget the wig. Yeah, just get a new one. But, like, we have everyone else already there. Yeah. You know? And so it would not be unreasonable to formulate some, I don't know, writers. Come on. Get, like, you can think of a get plot. Get together. Like, think of a plot of yeah. why, the you know, they need to get together and fight something, you know, and just, yeah. And, like, it's interesting she said that because she said that, and then a few days later, uh, people started asking, uh, I'm going to say Kevin. I can't say his last name. Kevin, <laughs> about the um, the end of Phase 3 of the MCU because yeah. we're kind of getting close Right. to um, the end of this where Infinity Wars marks the end of Phase 3, and that will be 22 films, he said, across 10 years. Um, so that's a huge buildup. Um, but in 22 films, the only film that has a female lead is going to be Captain Marvel. Right. Um, and that's the only film also being co-directed, not even solely directed, but co-directed by a woman. Yeah. You know, so one out of 22 is like, a, a really bad statistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah, even yeah. if you cut out the um the ensemble films, it's still a really bad statistic. Yeah, um, definitely. Also, a note on Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I've heard that it takes place in the 1990s. So does it? it does. Oh it does. God. So I did not even know that. So it's like a period piece. So it might be one of these like one shot sort of things, you know, where like yeah. oh Captain Marvel <laughs> is from a Pagan yeah. era, you know. Uh, so, oh my God, I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, she's that's what I've heard. Out of time, like compared to, oh my God, she's in, like, oh Jesus. It might be like one of these things that like that story builds towards yeah. something else. You I know, they with, just have her not age. Or oh, actually, no, it'd be fine if she aged because then we could have like an older superhero. But she better be there. With right, right, else. right. Yeah, we I feel know. like if Robert Downey Jr. can be like fifty plus years old and be Iron Man, we can have. A younger Captain Marvel, yeah. but then she better show up as like a forty-year-old, you know? Like. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, going back to the that uh, all-female Marvel mm-hmm. movie, you know, what it made me think of is is Wonder Woman. You know, like mm-hmm. Marvel must be thinking of some sort of answer to Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, and we you know we talked about Captain Marvel. That's not the answer. Captain Marvel is not a well-known character. Yeah. There is no She's not Wonder Woman. Yeah, she's not Wonder Woman and there is really no Marvel equivalent to Wonder Woman. Yeah. So I, I think the, the answer is this team up, you know? Like mm-hmm. that's how Marvel can sort of yeah. 
can step up to the plate and and answer uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, and it kind of would make up for, like, all those years of people asking for a Black Widow film, like, eight years ago, you know, like... At this point, the ship has long sailed. <laughs> right, on yeah. Solo, you know, it's too late. Yep. It's too old. But, like, if she were to team up, it would be okay. Um, yeah. And then it would make up for, like, Scarlet Witch is, like, one of the first. Oh, and Wasp is one of the first Avengers women. And yeah. they just completely did them dirty. You know, like, <laughs> they, they, like, strip Scarlet Witch of half of her powers. And she kind of floats off to the side. The Wasp can't even have her own film. She right. has to share it <laughs> yep. Yep, with yep. Ant-Man, even though she, her character was the one that originally literally named them the Avengers in the comics, you know. So it's kind mm. of like all these women that have been pushed to the margins. Like, it would be great to see them finally get their own spotlight even if it's a movie they have to share at least it's a movie you know yeah and you know it would be kind of a marvel thing to do where they're like they're getting a lot of criticism about a lack of diversity so then we have a whole movie we have yeah Yeah. like like what they're doing with black panther you know which is it looks amazing i can't wait but at the same time you kind of feel like they're like oh let's just give it to them let's give it all to them in this one movie um why not do that uh, from a, a female yeah. Uh, yeah, side frankly, of things? Yeah, frankly, they've had 10 years of, like, white men leading their films. I want 10 years of everything non-white men, you know? Like, it's yeah. just like, you had your 22 movies, or your 21 <laughs> movies. It's time to give us all of your films. Like, yeah, let's, We want 22 movies before you start another white man in a film, you yeah. know? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we get a lot of diversity. And it would be good if they stepped out with the Liberators because, um, like, DC is planning their own female-led teams already. Like, they're going to do the Birds of Prey thing. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So, was it Birds of I can't even remember. Cause, um, no, it was all the women. It was all the, like, the villains. The villains, yeah. Yes, not like, Birds Poison of Ivy and William. Holly Quinn. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and Catwoman. Yeah, that's what they were going to do. Yeah, so they're already doing, and they're already working on it, and they announced it, like, you know, a year ago. So... Come on, Marvel. As yeah. progressive as everyone says Marvel is, 21 films without a lead <laughs> that's a woman is a pretty bad look. Uh, you know? It's staggering. It's yeah. a staggering statistic. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if that movie, The Lady Liberators, mm-hmm. even if that doesn't come to fruition in the MCU, just the, the conversation of it, you know, it's a good thing. And it could lead to other things. Maybe they'll say, oh, we can't do a movie, but maybe, you know, we can do a TV show. And, you know, look look at the different, all the different um, options they've, Mm -hmm. that Marvel has, you know, there's Hulu, there's Netflix, Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. uh, ABC, you know, Um, there's Disney, there's Amazon Fox, Prime. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and yeah, stuff the untapped stuff that Marvel yeah. hasn't even reached out yeah, on. Yeah, and there's yet. so many comics that have so there's so much basis for like a more diverse team, a more diverse Avengers team specifically. Oh my god, there's so many different Avengers teams. Like there's so yeah. many ways to say, hey, this is the story we're gonna tell based on this comic. It's canon. Yeah, yeah. Here it comes. You know, there's literally an all-female Avengers team, like, and it exists in a different universe, sure. But you can still do a stand. You know, you can do a standalone. I would love to see it connect, but like, yeah. you could do that. You know, yeah, that's really cool that uh, that it was a comic, the yeah. Lady Liberators. You know, like when I first heard about this mention, 
mm-hmm. from Tessa Thompson. I thought she was just kind of just pulling it out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, there's there's historical context yeah. to this, you know, yeah. and you know for for the 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 comic book geeks out there who are like it must be canon. Well, hey, you know, it is canon. It is. Oh my god, there's so much stuff that there's, has been canon for like years, but they're like no. Only right, the white guys, yeah. you know, and it's like, no, yeah, there is precedent. Yeah, we're yeah. missing out on a lot, you guys. Just let it go. <laughs> You've had 10 years, <laughs> let it go. Yeah, so yeah, the prospects of, of this happening or you know, things along these lines yeah. happening is, is pretty exciting for yeah, sure. I'm excited yeah, yeah. for the next few years. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see. Um, uh, the the new Thor movie and 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 to see what you know mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson oh brings God, to so it. I'm so excited for it. They said he literally the director uh, Taika he literally saved the Thor franchise. They oh said. yeah, it was like the first Thor that's like really really good. And I was like yes, finally. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really liked um, Tessa Thompson in uh, the Dear White People movie. Have you seen that? I did. Yeah, I've seen the movie, not the yeah. Netflix one, but yeah. Yeah, the show is really good too, mm-hmm. but yeah, she in particular was really great mm-hmm. in that movie and to have her doing superhero stuff yeah, now yeah. is she's a boss. Exciting. Oh she's yeah, she's so excited. And she also said she's playing Valkyrie as bi. Like she's really? yes, which is incredible because that would make Valkyrie and like Valkyrie, she said doesn't romance anyone in the film, like spoiler, but not really because <laughs> she announced it to the world. Okay. Um she doesn't romance anyone, but she did play her that way. So if you see any like side glances to like Hella or something, okay. you know, that's why. <laughs> yeah, so like she made it canon that that's now the first bi character we have in the Marvel MCU. Okay. You know, technically, yeah. I think Jerry Hogarth was the first queer character we got in right. um, Jessica Jones. Yes. Um, yeah, but she is a lesbian and then Valkyrie's bi. So now we have two women <laughs> who are, who are cool. canonically queer. So it's very cool. Awesome. All right. So I think our time's about up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Clara. <laughs>